0: You are listening to the Simple Self-Care Podcast, your weekly nudge to take good care. Hello and welcome. I am your host, your friend, and your self-care cheerleader, Randy Kay. Today on the podcast, I share with you a delightful and insightful Conversation with the one and only artist Nicole Ray. As her name suggests, Nicole is an artist specializing in mixed media, book arts, and hand lettering. And she now uses her creative talents to help others cultivate healing daily practices. With her workshops and online guides, she teaches journaling and affirmation practices that inspire the creative spirit and connect you with your present self. Nicole and I met serendipitously about five years ago. With us both dealing with broken hearts and major life changes, we both moved back to the Fargo-Moorhead area in search of healing and community. We've been healing and growing and building our businesses together ever since, and it's been such a joy to share that journey with her. We've been roomies and travel buddies, and now we are teaching together and helping others grow and heal as well. I had her over recently to talk more about her healing path and get her advice on how to use creativity as a daily healing practice. Take a listen as we chat about how to declare your daily practice, how to use your uniqueness for healing, how to spark your own creativity, and how to find purpose during painful times. We join the convo now with Nicole talking about how the art of daily practice came to be.
1: Over the last four and a half years, I was rising with a faith-filled cup of coffee in the morning, meeting um, some journals and some devotional books, and I found that the same way I was meeting my morning table was the same way I was meeting my yoga practice, and I started to look at my life more as a practice. Why was I rising in the morning? Primarily to try to inspire my creativity I was feeling a really creative block about five years ago and at the same time that block was aching my heart so I started rising and meeting some creative practices in a very small little way to work on my hand lettering, to do some collaging, all to try to connect to myself.
0: So before this you've been known for your book arts and your mixed media art and so that's why you were drawn more to a creative healing practice. Yes, I've
1: been collaging and ripping paper for over 15 years and collecting and documenting my journey through photography and old book pages and working in old books um, for the last 15 years and then published a how-to book on my processes in 2014. So I just have an absolute love for uh, creative supplies and photography and so on. So that's where the Art of Daily Practice takes on this creative
0: spin. So with old books and stuff, how did you get into that? Like, what is it about the old books that you really loved? Well,
1: I started collaging shoe boxes when I was six years old. Then I took those shoeboxes and started collaging in journals. And this was just magazine clippings and song lyrics, all those kind of high schooly things. Mm-hmm. And then I took a mixed media workshop with the artist Sabrina Ward Harrison. Um Right around maybe the age of 20. And she worked with paint, she worked with um, old books, she worked with photography, um, found items, and so on. And that was one of the first creative workshops I ever took in Southern California. And she'd asked us to go get an old book and bring it with us. And then we ended up starting to work in that. And then I worked on that book more. And then I started documenting different travels I took. Um, and then that's where I would find books on, like, London when I went. Or I'd find maps or use subway tickets and different things. And so it was just this love for keeping all things sentimental. And now I had an opportunity to do something with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you find, like, ther- therapy in the connecting with the old?
1: Yes. What I really enjoy about old books, especially when I started documenting my personal journey, exactly where I was at. So it wasn't going to be about travels anymore. It would be about right where I was at. I would find books that I could connect with, um, and look at my emotions through, for example, bird migration, (laughs) flight, wildflowers, um, like sailing navigation. And then I would open books and I would tear out pages, but then I would look at the pages and I would take a black pen and I would box in words that were starting to jump off the page. Well, those words were the guidance I was needing. And I would just go deeper and deeper into what I was finding on the page. And then I would then create a whole page around that, pairing up the photography, pairing up the colors. And sooner or later, I was starting to connect and understand myself more through, in a sense, found words. So the books lead me to better understanding myself. Mm-hmm. So I often open a book randomly and then read something on the page, and then I close the book, and mm-hmm. and that's as far as my reading goes. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I love it. No, I've always loved old books. I feel like I love the smell of a used bookstore I love finding people's notes in the Mm -hmm. margins and even just, and what I do love about your mixed media stuff is there is something very, I don't know, like comforting about seeing the old texts Mm -hmm. even like ripped naturally by hand. It's like, this is proof that there was something before screens all the time, right? Correct. And now
1: where we're at today, we can make that really big contrast. And my work really shows kind of a unique medium because of where technology and screens and so on are going. Mm -hmm. I think also there was an adventure found in going and taking myself to the used bookstore Mm -hmm. and having that moment for me. I found during my 20s, it was kind of hard for me to Take that moment for me. And creating one of my books, it was it was quite the process and the preparation and the collecting and printing of my of my journaling from a Word document and finding the book that I would work in and printing my photographs and setting up my table and everyday rising and 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 collaging um, on this two-page spread. And then that's where positive words like create your life, unfold, believe in your journey, those would be then hand stamped. Mm -hmm. I had no idea in my early 20s where these were coming from. I mean, at this time, that was way before everything had lettering and trendy, funny, inspirational sayings, which means that my mixed media book arts led me to affirmations, which is now what I primarily do in my work. But then I use, you know, old dictionary pages and old book pages and maps. And I rip all that up and put it in a big paper bucket for my students to pick out and get intrigued by what they're finding.
0: Yeah, I think there's something really beautiful about your work and why it lands so well with people is it's like you're finding the truth everywhere and in everyday things. Mm -hmm. And that like sparks this inner knowing in a person and
1: that's that's the words inner knowing I often find myself saying and I just said earlier in a workshop um, everything you need is within you you know what it is that you need and that's where some of my other journaling practices have helped me kind of learn how to quiet that monkey mind or bypass that part of my mind that's maybe speaking not so kindly or negative to myself. And then I can start to hear my own inner knowings.
0: Mm-hmm. We know. Yeah.
1: We've always known. And the journey helps us lead us deeper into what we are supposed to know while we're here.
0: It's mm-hmm. <laughs> good stuff, man. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why our work, I think, overlaps. Laps so well is Mm -hmm. because it's, like, I feel like my purpose is to just remind people of who they are. Yes. And these are practices. These are gateways into hearing your own wisdom, like, Mm -hmm. what you already have. And so it's kind of amazing when we start going on that journey, like, what comes up for us and how, like, that voice will speak your language. Like, for you, like... Finding hearts, finding Mm -hmm. feathers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Had those moments this week. You can't travel with Nicole without (laughs) finding some hearts and feathers. (laughs) Got to find Uh, the love, got to find the faith. it's like, I just feel like whatever is your truth, whatever is meaningful to you is how that, like, wisdom gets expressed. Yes. And that's why I think looking in those old books – in those bucket of materials is like what you need is in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: And as my students, usually I lead them through a journaling practice first just to kind of settle them in and help them start to connect to themselves. And then that creative spirit, that's their confidence, their peace, their all-knowing, their truth, that starts to – like a little wheel starts to go and that starts to turn on. And that part of their mind that's kind of wandering and wandering begins to quiet. And then they go into the paper bucket. Mm-hmm. And they stand there and then they pull up a dictionary sheet and they're reading. And it's been beautiful to watch people be so surprised. And of Mm -hmm. course, at one point in time, I was just as surprised. Mm -hmm. And I still am surprised, as you know, when I find the feathers in the random places, though it's complete confirmation now that I've always known me. Um, But I just listened to that voice that was more insecure and kind of... um, struggled the struggle and you know reading the self-help books but you know when I was 16 thinking that I was broken which I wasn't I was just becoming I think that might be you just craving knowledge and now as you say this is a big day today yes I I see it I do see it and I think I had a lot of resistance to actually pick up books and read them and funny enough I wrote a how-to book for people who have anxiety about how-to books (laughs) Um, and it would be a beginner's, um, art journaling book. And so that's one of my passions is to begin with people, be right at the beginning and guide them and nudge them along. And now it is that I am a truth seeker. And as you know, there's times where the, you know, the wisdom and the knowledge just takes my breath away. So...
0: Takes your breath away and also makes you squeal, squeal really loudly. Very true. Possibly scoot every once <laughs> in a while. too. He's known, know. known for scooting. <laughs> known for scooting. I kind of <laughs> wonder. Uh, If listeners will even like understand half the things we say, because it's like, we know each other so well. It's like, well, you know this or yeah, this, but it's like, oh, okay, sorry. (laughs) Well, I usually just
1: tell my students that it's not important right now that you try to understand uh, as you practice and go towards, you'll gain your own understanding. That's true.
0: People can envision whatever they want when they think of you scooting. That is is true. (laughs) Um, I just practice. Tip-toeing around a little bit. Following your heart Yes. (laughs) Um, So going back to your journey. Yes. And how this has all evolved. So you got into your mixed media arts, found that really therapeutic for Mm -hmm. you. Um, So how did it – I guess what's the process of having something that you're doing for fun or, like, for your Mm. art, but then turning it into this really deep spiritual practice?
1: Well, I'd have to say is that – I wish I could look back and say that I created for fun. Um, I do now. It's different now. Um, But I created um, to document my journey, but my heart was aching for most of my 20s, even with all those adventures and all those travels. And so a lot of times I was creating to try to find or feel that peace or bring the healing to myself. And so it actually that journey of just having kind of heartache of not creating because there was a lot of times that I didn't create. I actually didn't do a lot of what I love to do looking back. Um, But when I did do my book arts, it was very, just very meaningful. But as my journey went on, I actually um, got very far away from my creative practices. And a transition in my life led me back to um, where I'm from, Morgan, Minnesota. And um, my heart was broken from a relationship um, and I would then move back to Arctic tundra weather and then my heart was aching because I wasn't creating and um,
0: and that's when we met
1: and that's when you and I met across the room it was a I have to say ladies and gentlemen it was a do do of things Randy sang me a very beautiful song and forever we've been friends um, it's that simple if you want to know me and um, She is easily wooed. I was easily wooed, but then Randy does have a voice of heaven. Please keep that in here, Randy. Um, She has a voice of heaven. And when I moved back, um, I actually had the opportunity at that time. I was publishing a how-to book. And when I got – I was found through an artist who wanted to buy one of my books who introduced me to an editor. And I didn't have a proposal. I had more fear than I knew what to do with. And I met with this editor um, four days before I was moving back to California at the time. And um, she looked at me and to fill the silence of the awkwardness of just being uncomfortable – And trying to silence the voice in my head that says, like, you work with paper clips and glue sticks and paper. Like, you don't do anything fancy. Like, this is just, this is not good, Nicole. I started to tell her how I made the books. And she said, um, I can still remember it. I've never met anyone like you that has a process. Hmm. And honestly, I think for many years, I was on a knowledge-seeking path to know how. I just wanted to know how you go from A to B.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So usually I just stayed at A and spent most of my time in customer service and retail and different things, you know, just kind of staying there because I believed you couldn't do anything with art. So she told me to go home and write, write about my process and um, funny thing was is she asked me how many Facebook followers I had and I had 89 mm-hmm. and she asked me how many Twitter followers I had and I was eight and I had 18 and she asked me what qualified me to be an artist or an author. And I wanted to look at her and be like, I'm not sure you're going to have to tell me. So I just rambled on a couple things that I had published two articles in a magazine. It's a submission-based magazine, so I was bound to get in some way or another. Then I said I taught art in the park when I was 16 years old, so I was 27 at this time. And she said, okay. And keep in mind, no one really knew about my creative processes or my practices. I never believed I could really do anything with my art, let alone just where I was at to do something different. And um, I later get an email that says, congratulations, you can add author to your list of accomplishments. Well, to be honest with you, I was actually looking for the list that she was talking about that would have any accomplishments on it. Like (laughs) I went to school for business administration because that's what I thought I should do and and did that online. And the reason I share this is so I was doing my book arts because I needed healing in my personal journey. Then I got discovered and was and was going to have to write a book and when that happened i had such a broken heart that creating was like trying to drive a car with your eyes closed and so it kind of forced me to go towards what i've always loved to do and when i moved back here with you know my edits that i would have to be my own editor for my book which i still think is remarkable i wish i would've known you in its time Randy. <laughs> um, and i remember hearing a tiny little voice that said you must do something with your art and so i had no idea what i was going to do with my life at that time and it was a huge life transition and so the book came out it took 6 weeks for me to open it i would apply it to the unglued craft fest and that would force me to then start creating an entire product line so i was not doing anything for out of love i would do i would purely now create out of like opportunities that I would be going towards which Mm -hmm. was remarkable and in the morning when I would get up I would be used to working on you know big projects with my books I realized that once my how-to book came out I was kind of like hey guys could we publish a second book because my whole process changed I realized I would go back to the way I created when I was younger where I instead of laying things out I would paste things down right away and have to make decisions one after another by gluing the paper down. And I called it wild collaging. Hmm. And then that would then take me home to myself. And I now do more teaching. I do more guiding using creative supplies than I ever do for my own personal creative practices, which has been very interesting It's taken me many years to find peace in that. Um, And at the same time, kind of knowing that all of these different things and all my different practices led me to where I am today. And it's okay that I'm not collaging in my big book arts anymore. And that it's okay to not see that as a loss in my life, but as part of my foundation. And it's okay now if I... Rip paper and collage once a month, and I still find resistance to my creative practices. But then when I start, I can't stop.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I don't know. I kind of made a really big full circle just to, to step away from what I love, to step back into it, to step away again, hence the art of practicing. And that's always leads me to. I'm learning how to go towards anything in my life with love. So I'm actually learning how to go to my creative practices with love. And I found with this love that this love carries space. And somewhere in this space is everything that you most need, which is, for me, inspiration and healing and guidance. So I carry the words, create what you most need to find. And... When I sit and I say that to myself, I realize that I have to, I'm going to have to create what it is that I need. And I'm like, wow, that's a big endeavor.
0: (laughs) Yeah, to me, it's, it can be overwhelming, but it's also comforting because you don't have to go out and try to find the best thing for you. You don't have to you know, feel like this external searching process. You can just, like, come home.
1: And I just wrote down the affirmation about an hour ago, I am coming home to me. (laughs) And then you find that the the world around you exists, but it's quite funny, and that there will always be books to read, and there will always be workshops to take and practices to do through other people, but there is also you. You can lead you home if you give yourself
0: permission. And so, I would say too, like only you can lead you home. You know, there's people yeah. that can guide you, yes, and direct you. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like you're the only person that can be you right <laughs> and go to that home within yes and i i do believe that there are times when you know you get nudged to work with someone else and then, I mean that's why people like us exist yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. but that's but i think you know we have an understanding that we're not here to convince them to do anything or tell them who they are we're here to help them discover it for themselves mm-hmm. And I think when people can feel truly empowered within, that's when they can even hear answers and guidance from other people. Yes. And I usually
1: call them just like, they're such gentle nudges, or at least for me, it's these, you think they're going to be these big moments and then you realize, oh, here it is.
0: It's right here. Yeah. Well, my tagline for the podcast is your weekly nudge to take good care. It's like, here you are. Just little (laughs) nudges.
1: And they are sometimes it's for me, I just I'll hear the words, you know, I'm with you. And I'll just be comforted with, with the peace and the inspiration that I need. And at the same time, through taking some time for myself in the last four years and, and studying The Course of Miracles work, which really comes to be the underbelly of some of my creative journaling practices to help one create space, which then helped me create space, which says that's where the healing is at. That was my really independent time. And I never thought I would be able to um, guide myself through something. And The Course of Miracles work, the book is the size of a huge encyclopedia, it looks like, and took about three years to go through it. And when I arrived, it was like, oh, well, now I'm here. Okay. Hmm. But it was in those moments now that I've let that book sit and spend time sharing my practices right where I'm at and being okay with what it is that um, I've learned and, and then meet people at the beginning.
0: Yeah. Can I ask you a more personal question? You Got can it. see Randy's look on her face right now. You can't say no.
1: Because <laughs> I look away. Yes, please go ahead.
0: No, it, not too crazy. But um, just one thing that inspires me about you is that you do have some physical health problems right now. And, and so do I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, feeling fatigue, uh, brain yeah. fog, things like that, that we are... Working at uncovering. Mm-hmm. But despite how you feel, you still continue to show up for yourself in such a big way. Where does that motivation come from? How do you do that when you are feeling like it's the last thing you want to do? You know, if you want to just curl up in a ball or give in to that, I think that this is where.
1: My studies in a Course of Miracles work came into play. I was working with a chiropractor that would um, begin to show me that some of my fatigue, my chronic body pain that I'd had, I've had for over fifteen years, stomach issues, um, all those things. Um, he led me to look at that from a bit more of an emotional uh, standpoint, which was at that time very validating that um, in a way when the doctor said it was all in my head. It was actually, it is in my head, it's actually helped me um, start to look at thoughts and feelings and emotions that I carried that were then showing up in my body, which was very empowering to be like, okay, I'm trying to talk to me, my body's trying to get my attention, help me look at some of these things that are going on in my life. And um, of course, not that I wanted to look back and be like, wow, some of my journeys and, and, and experiences led me to feel some of the things that I'm feeling. But I started to use a practice with the words I forgive, um, which means to give love away in. And so for me at the time of finding that I could help myself that I would be able to let go from a thought level, from a mind level, these judgments I had about myself, the heaviness I was carrying in my heart about my experiences. It was very empowering to know that I could help me. And so year after year now, it's been four years, not a day goes by that I don't find myself saying I forgive and release or asking my body, body, what are you carrying? And I sit and listen and listen. And an emotion will come up. I'd always been challenged to really feel certain emotions or really be able to identify my feelings. So I'd be able to identify I feel pain somewhere in my body. And now I can go towards that pain with compassion and love. And it's that connection now that has helped me keep going. It's helped me want to help other people. And I've seen how using the words I forgive and release has helped me heal. And so in a way, I cannot not share this, which means when I feel low energy or just feel a bit tired or I can feel those pains in my body, I forgive and release this feeling. And then I do a lot of asking for guidance, um, you know, for my workshops and then what happens is, and even like last night, I just, the light comes on in me and then my spirit begins to carry me and I start to lead from my spirit and not my mind, body, physical elements. Mm-hmm. And then I realize I can still do it. And, you know, the next day, sometimes it leads me, you know, wanting to curl up in a ball and take a nap.
0: <laughs> yes, which is normal. But, um. So would you say that you're... Body pain just becomes a part of your practice. It's not something that you you disconnect from so you can practice. It's like, okay, here we are. This is how I'm feeling. Yep. This is what's going to be part of my practice today. Yes.
1: So last night I was sitting in bed and being like, okay, body, you're right. my right heel has been bothering me. I'm like, what are you carrying? And then mm-hmm. a guy listened and it led me something to with my work and some different decisions that I've been doing. And then I have a place to go with it because I still to this day – If somebody asked me, how are you feeling right now? Right away, I want to say like, I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure comes from that monkey mind, that ego place, which now is blocking me from accessing what's in there. And it's okay that I don't know how to use my, I would say, use my words to find it. But now I go towards my body and I'm like, you know, hey, stomach pain, what's up? What do you got going on? And then I've been learning about me through my pain. And in all honesty, five years prior to this, I thought something was wrong with me. Like literally like something is wrong with me and that is not a good feeling to have. And then I found other ways of coping through pain. So it was, I did not use my creativity in a way I used food and I would eat to try to not feel my pain. And of course we know that that doesn't actually take away the pain. But I was trying to shut down. And so when I was able to get access to do any type of creative arts, which again, when we don't feel well, we don't want to do any self-care, really. We don't want to We actually build up resistance to the things that we love. But looking back now and where I'm at, Payne um, and I, uh, certain days we, you know, we fight the good fight and certain days I say thank you. Thank you, pain, for teaching me today. But I have to ask. Yeah. I have to. I stay. Because, again, I don't want to feel pain. So a lot of times I don't want to feel pain. But I've also seen healing in my body through my practices that I that I carry. And so I have to remind myself of those miracles that I have had. And then I kind of go in like tooth and nail and fight the fight of like, okay, let's bring more healing. Yeah. I want to be the walking story of healing is waiting your arrival.
0: Right. Yeah. It's interesting. I was talking to my dad recently cause he has MS yeah. and he was really pissed off at <laughs> his symptoms Yes. <laughs> and I Been there. was having a day and like, and with my depression, that's probably like the loudest thing for me. I was having a day and we were yeah. just like, you know, talking about it and then it was, you know, trying to switch the, it's good. It's okay to be, you know, pissed at yourself sometimes, but, um, and like fed up with, with chronic things, but I was just telling him, I'm like, if you would give me the option to take it away, I would not because it has made me who I am. It has made me who I've had to become to maintain it and live such a happy, fulfilling life gives me like it's why I have this podcast it's why I do anything that I do and if I never had that or never had to work through it I wouldn't be me and the same is true with my dad like he is who he is because of um all he's had to work through to do what he's done and we were just kind of having a moment and then of like mm-hmm. well okay then let's keep going <laughs> because yeah. there is so much beauty um that comes from these these hardships that that come to us whether however they come to yeah. us you know
1: yeah it's interesting just to to kind of feel a moment right now of receiving what i've been what i've been praying and asking for as i hear the words my pain led me to my creativity and mm-hmm. i just find that that is such an interesting way of looking at it though um, Within the last five years, I was able to identify because I would get a lot of sensations in my body, in my back, pain, painful feelings. And um, at one point I had to, I forgive and release creating out of pain. And I was actually taking a beautiful adventure in Gold Beach, Oregon. And I would be documenting my journey and I would be making a, a book. In my hotel room, with driftwood as the binding, and would find old books, and I'd find a printer at a flea market. Go get ink, and I would lay out a book, and I would print this book, and then I would gift it to people that I had met in the town that played a big role. I'd been in this area for about two weeks, and I remember like this
0: is what we call the laying out all of the
1: things on the hotel bed of all the pictures and things, and I remember just being like, I was so mad because I was having so much passion with my creativity, but my body was hurting so bad. And then I went, wait a second. If the present moment is always a teaching tool for me to help me release something else that had happened in the past, then I looked back and took a moment and I, I was able to see that I was often creating when I was either in, when I say like heartache, I was in like heartache or mental Like just confusion or depression, that feeling, that heaviness, or physical pain in my body. And it was a very pivotal moment for me to recognize and then choose now to say the words, I release this, and then go towards my creative practice. So now I teach my students and I say, it's okay. It's okay if you feel certain sensations in your body when you're creating. It's okay if you get tears in your eyes when we're talking about affirmations. I said you're clearing space and don't worry. You're literally, when we work with positive words, we're literally pushing out some of that kind of lodged, stuck-in stuff. And it's moving just like kind of the wave comes into the shore and you're filling that in with positive space. So that transition, you might feel that in your body. You might feel fatigue. You might feel other things. I notice a lot that when I do do a lot of kind of mental work, um, which I think you and, you know, our dear friend Ashley, Ashley Shop, she would say that, you know, Nicole, I don't know anyone that does as much mental work as you do. Mm -hmm. But I find that when I'm tired, sometimes it leads me to do my journaling practices or if I am um, feeling pain and I do do some releasing and journaling around that, Then I'll actually get tired after that, but then I'll get that burst of energy, which is what I said to you today. For the first time in a while, I feel like I got a little spunk Mm
0: -hmm. to my
1: step, and then I just looked at the last couple of days, and I did spend some time in my journal asking myself what my body was carrying, and I just tried to get close to me because I have a tendency to run really far from from me and um, be hard on myself, Mm -hmm. and that doesn't help. So you can be, let's get angry at the pain, but we have to still be kind to ourselves in the pain. And that's what I'm learning is that self, that self-care, which is what you've always helped me with too, is you've always been able to tell me, why don't we look at it in this gentler way? And so.
0: Yeah, it's easier to help other people with that (laughs) than when it comes to yourself, for sure.
1: But then we are helping ourselves somewhere in it. So that's why, you know, if you get, if you get the desire to teach or share or guide um, or heal or whatever it is, you know, sing, etc., do it yeah. because your healing is within that desire of your heart, and it will help others as well.
0: Well, and it's important to remember that there is purpose to pain, and it might not be fair or just or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's there. yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to let it, you know, take you down or are you going to use it as a tool to, um, something bigger?
1: That's beautiful to think of just like, this is a, I'm trying not to have one of those shock and awe moments, but, uh, you feel like squealing, don't you? I feel
0: like squealing. <laughs> um,
1: I feel like getting really excited and be like, Oh, sweet heavens. My pain led me to my purpose. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I've had pain, you know, at a very young age in my teen years. And I look back now and I realize my pain led me to my purpose. My purpose is now to, well, my purpose, you know, is to receive healing, to give myself that healing, to use the things that make me so happy to do that with, whether that's ripping paper, collecting stones or photographing, you know, pages or holding journals or pens, and then from there to then my purpose would be to, sh- to help others do the same. Mm-hmm. So I'm a creative guide. I'm here to guide you. And as a self-guided journey I've been on, I want to empower one to have their own self-guided journey so they can see, yes, I can do this. And it, mm-hmm. it you know, it's, it's a whirlwind when you're doing it, but you can do it.
0: Yeah. And it, and it can look so many different ways. Like, I think that's one thing I love about you is you're just so you, you just, (laughs) you just embrace it. Like, yeah, this is how I express my spirituality. This is how things come to me. This is how things come through me. And it's just like, like I said, like there's this term Nicoling that has been developed <laughs> you know, thanks you to know, Randy. When you're, out, when you're on a walk and all of a sudden she's in a field gathering bits, or you're traveling in an airport and then she's in the corner with somebody crying with them, you know, <laughs> like
1: somewhere with my arms
0: raised up in faith, there's yeah. always
1: the moment. Yeah, the Nicoline has really helped me. Actually, I do appreciate that moment that that happened because it really did help me. um see my uniqueness as a beautiful thing and not a weird thing that Mm -hmm. I would then judge because as I was healing and as I'm learning more about myself, I like to say I'm a very unique bird. And, Mm -hmm. um, when people meet me, they usually say, I've just never met anyone like you. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, sir, don't tell me that, you know. <laughs> and at the same time, I'm starting to see that through my Course of Miracles work and through the the practices and this work, this kind of work that can never be taken from you, um, this work has evolved me into me. And I am meeting me every day and I do surprise myself and um, I do kind of watch that really – that Nicolene girl come out of me and then there's some days where I'll just shoot it to you straight and I'll be like, I'm not feeling so hot. And then, you know, the light will be beaming from ear to ear on the other
0: day. And Yeah. yeah. I think it's when you can embrace that uniqueness and also use that as healing because being who you really are and not shutting that light out is also a very important healing process. And even like with me, When I became a yoga teacher, in air quotes, (laughs) like I had the certificate, Um, I kind of had this identity crisis. I was just like, okay, I got to like go to these yoga conferences and wear these (laughs) fancy pants and like, you know, speak in Sanskrit all the time and like only eat berries yes. or whatever correct and I I was just like this isn't me and yeah. I would just like and even people I look up to I was just like why can't I be as elegant as they are or whatever and then I was finally like because that's not me right and like people that come to my yoga classes and study for me they like that I'm weird they mm-hmm. like that I make jokes or make, like make you feel comfortable mm-hmm. or like added into the awkward things about life, you yes. know? And it's like, like even the other day I was leading a like a self-care stretch break at this woman's conference and I accidentally made a poop joke. <laughs> and I just <laughs> embraced it. And I'm like, I just poop. And then, <laughs> and then I like went on with what I but it made everybody laugh and like take a deep breath. You know what I mean? And so it's just like if I was up there trying to be all high and mighty, or like, or formal, fancy, formal or fancy. Yeah, it's just like, ever since I embraced that and brought it into what I offer, I started attracting more people. Yeah, I started attracting more people that needed to hear it in that specific way. And so, yeah, it's, it's so important to embrace all of that. (laughs) You know? <laughs> I know I, I can't
1: help but say that my um, you know my my students will be like, You know okay, so they see me as this daily practice, and I use the words daily practice, and I'm gonna do two tangents. We'll do the fine one first. The first thing I usually <laughs> tell people is here's the deal. you want to know how my daily practice actually started? I said, I would rise with a faith filled cup of coffee. And how do you make it faith-filled? You call it faith-filled. And so I rise with a faith-filled cup of coffee. And I said, "Um, coffee helps my digestion. And then I'll like wink, wink, you know? And I was like, yeah, I kind of got to sit like an old person. You know, no offense to whoever thinks they're old right now, Um, and I would have to sit for that coffee in a way to kick in. So during this time, I'd have this open space, right? Mm -hmm. So now, believe it or not, you may think, wow, she's got this daily practice. Like, how does she just do this? Um, Excuse me. It's out of literally, like, life or death purposes.
0: It's you trying to poop. Um, Only (laughs) you are going to say that word. (laughs) Sorry. I have some friends that, like... Can't even say the word poop. <laughs> I think I'm one of them. I'm even an aunt, and I still can't. I still sorry, can't. Sorry, listeners. Still this, can't. Get, uh, I still
1: can't get to it. But this is what yeah. I love about Randy because Randy really helps me embrace that I'll that go, part of I'll me. i go there, man. Um, and then, of course, now I can't remember the second thing that I wanted. To, <laughs> sorry, that I wanted to share. Um, but that oh. So recently it's come to me now that it's important for me to tell my students, like, about this, like, when I talk about a daily practice, okay? You can practice anything. How do you start a daily practice or how do you have a daily practice? Here it is. It's as simple as this. You declare you have one.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So you tell yourself, okay, okay. I have this daily practice. You talk to your friends, okay? So I have this daily practice, and they're like, "Hmm," they're looking at you strangely, and then you're going to find what goes into that daily practice. So that might be walking your dog. That might be your. That might be a yoga practice. That might be you know meal prepping. That might be journaling. That might be reading. That might be um, gardening. Okay. So I work my daily practice. When I talk about it, I'm talking about meeting my journal with my eight foundational journaling practices that came from my studies of Course in Miracles work, which now I teach on. And then I meet markers and pens for my hand lettering to help myself remove my judgment around using that, um, using my lettering and my art. and um, And then every once in a while I meet my creative collage practices. But I just tell my students, here's the deal. If you don't declare that you have a daily practice, I don't care if your daily practice is once a week. I don't care if your daily practice is once a month. I said, because we know that when we try to go towards something and it has to be on a daily thing, let's just pick eating healthy. Okay. So two days in, you're feeling pretty good. Maybe you're trying to follow some plan or whatever it is. And then the next day you don't do so well. And then the fourth day is like, yeah, you're kind of tipping. And then at a certain point, you feel like you fell off the horse or you lost the wagon or whatever way that goes. (laughs) And so then you kind of scratch it all together. And so what I tell my students is declare you have a daily practice so that you no longer have the horse to fall off. You no longer have the wagon to lose. And that I found I have more grace, more compassion to heal Um, emotionally overeating in the last 13 years Um, I've had to work with seeing that as a practice I'm practicing eating healthy and so there are going to be those days that don't unfold the way that I would like but I'm also healing something and so again the practice carries the love and the love carries the space and the space carries the healing so I'm just I just tell my students from this point onward, you have a daily practice. Because my students will come up to me and be like, I'm not reading my I am affirmations. I was like, okay, one, it's okay. Like you made your set of affirmation beads in outspoken I am affirmation. Have you forgotten that? Remember, just like you said, your work helps people remember who they are. Just to kind of know that, yes, we want to have this rigidness and this, these, we want to do everything every day so glorious. But maybe it is the every other day kind of rhythm that works for you. Mm-hmm. And to be okay with that and know that you could actually find more healing and more peace if you can let you be you. So that's what I've been I've been kind of been doing a trial on air the last four and a half years. Mm-hmm. So in my morning practice, I find myself checking Instagram. I find myself going towards my emails. I find myself doing the scrolling of the screen and I tell my students that, yeah, I actually do that in my morning practice. I'm working on trying not to. So I haven't went to that point where I put my phone on a different table. But at one point I pushed at it. It was like, I shouldn't be doing that. Okay, well, that right there, Mm keyword, shouldn't. And now I just am embracing it because then I can relate to someone else who wants to do that. And then I find inspiration and then I find that depending on what I do with it. If I see swiping in through Instagram and being inspired by something as a na- neg is like a bad thing in my practice, then it's just going to be a heavy thing.
0: Yeah, I think it comes down to being intentional about it. Because it's like that's what
1: you've been teaching me.
0: Like with my morning practice, I make my cup of whatever, light a candle, and I sit. And sometimes I'm just sitting, staring into space. And but a lot of times I'm. Instagram is a part of that because I like to write a thoughtful post. And so that's usually when I write my posts is in that morning time, in those morning hours. And so Mm -hmm. it's like I'm intentionally on Instagram because that's what is therapeutic for me right now. That's when I'm being creative. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I do check emails because there's something that's been weighing on my mind and I want to answer something quick so I can clear my head. And so it does... Evolve, but it's like it's not mindless, you know, those things aren't always evil.
1: Hands down, great way of looking at it. I wrote a wonderful post this morning. I woke up and I was, I read it over and I was like, wow, and it was in my morning practice. Mm -hmm. And so I completely, you've helped me even see it differently right now. Hence the importance of a tribe. (laughs)
0: That's true. And the other thing I like is to really embrace the word practice because, Mm -hmm. like, it's not called daily mastery. <laughs> you know? Like it's just like this is something you're practicing and you're practicing and you're getting better at. Yeah,
1: Nicole's having a moment. Oh, here. here, here. Oh, come
0: on, pull it together, girl. Daily mastery. Yeah, I mean, come on, no. That's well, it is the beautiful
1: thing is is that. The daily practice leads you down the to, path, yes, to your own unique mastery.
0: It does, but it's like we call it a practice, but we have the expectation that it's mastery, and it's like that's you're just setting yourself up. My and release, do it, girl. My and <laughs> release, oh, yeah. yeah. But it's just like it's okay for it to be imperfect and messy and mm-hmm. even infrequent, like. When you're learning to play an instrument, right? I mean, if you want to be really on top of it, you practice every day. But sometimes you don't practice something like that every yeah. day.
1: I always think of hockey. So, I always think of like hockey practice. It's like – Once you know, a they, week.
0: They do. They once yeah. a
1: week it, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, the the figure skaters, they got to like three times a week it for some reason, yeah, you know? Yeah, three times a day. Yes. yes. A and skater. so at the same time, that's that been helpful for me is that – you know, if you were in some type of music or sport when you were younger, that you had heard the word practice. For me, it was yoga practice. That was Mm -hmm. the only thing because I wasn't in a lot of sports. I didn't do music and there was no art practice, which is a bummer.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Now
1: there is with me and my Mm -hmm. things. But um,
0: yeah, totally just lost my thought. (laughs) No, it's a good thought because it's just, yeah, along the lines of Letting go of the expectation that it's something you have to have figured out, and I've done a, and that's
1: been part of my daily practice. Um, and you always hear me saying, "I forgive and release," and so that means that I'm letting go or I'm releasing that. And I've had to do a lot around that: the expectations, the pushing, the wanting it to look a certain way, the wanting it to feel a certain way, and then just start to see that um, as I've done that, then I've started to see how beautiful it is to just meet it the way that it wants to meet me, and at least have some grace and compassion for myself. And, um, you know, some days it's just really unique how how, uh, messy it can be and just Mm -hmm. be like, dang, that was a good practice. Mm -hmm. Like, I was plucking my eyebrows, washing my dishes, and, you know, getting all things (laughs) ready all at the same time while still practicing (laughs) affirmations. (laughs) That's pretty amazing weird but my kitchen and bathroom are was in about three steps from my dining table so
0: you know (laughs) so that helps
1: if you can lock yourself in a bedroom that'll
0: help um so yeah this is good (laughs) we could talk about a million more things I'm sure but um just to wrap up a little bit um what are some of your favorite self-care things to do I am affirmations. What else? Like for fun, for fun.
1: Well, I really I, I love to go running with my dog. Mm-hmm. Um, Our dogs are besties, by the way. And I think one of my biggest self-care and I, and Rand, you'll probably all second this is um, spending time with friends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: having a cup of coffee or tea and talking and connecting
0: has mm-hmm. probably
1: been my biggest self-care. Uh, for a while in my healing journey, I kind of reclused a little bit, and so now I just like to gather. I like to have um, gatherings with people together, um, or just connect. And even that has been probably one of my biggest self-care. I I am practicing, um, you know, eating healthy. I like to cook. Um, I like to cook my own food. Um, I also like to just. I've been. My friend was introduced to me like you know cheese plates where they have, like the nuts and the dried fruits and all this at the fancy restaurants and things. So I've been starting to make them at my house, and so I like love to snack. Which in a way now I've taken like snacking into like this like loving self care thing where like I have a little bowl with like almonds and grapes and um, like dried figs with like some chicken over here and um, like I just put it all together and I cut it all up and I sit down. I'm not standing in my kitchen. Um, so self-care for me would be actually probably sitting down with my meal and, um, eating it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm actually working on that, believe it or not. Um, I spend a lot more self-care stuff in, in more of my journaling affirmation practices. Though so I'm, I'm going towards that. Um, what are the things that really bring a lot of love and light to me?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, simple enough now, um. Is interesting enough. I've, I think, for me it, of course, would be unique. As much as self care is self care, I find that maybe a lot of my self self care shows up in my workshops,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I don't want to use my workshops um, as my self care, but I find that it fills me in a really unique way. So as the weather gets nicer now, and we don't have Arctic tundra,
0: <laughs>
1: someday I'm <laughs> I'm looking at just what. What would my spirit like to do? And we talked about, too, that whole looking at the change of seasons um, with intentions and setting some intentions around um, embracing that season change. And so for me, putting out some intentions to be outside and to walk my dog and to spend some time more in nature, I'd like to do. Um, So I'm I'm working on that self-care thing, which is why Randy's been... (laughs)
0: <laughs> we're so good we're all working on it yeah I found too like because I am in a healing industry mm-hmm. and my work is calming that I forget that I need to do these other things yeah. like hanging with friends right like doing something that might not be labeled as someone's self-care because mm-hmm. people that have more traditional work they want to do what I do for work is their self-care <laughs> you know and I'm like but right. I'm doing that for work so I'm gonna do what you're doing
1: <laughs> you know you just you know <laughs> you happen to just fill the words in exactly when I need them that's exactly where I'm at yeah uh, so yeah that kind of hanging with friends kicking it yeah
0: kicking laughing it, it you know yeah we can kick it just eating some snacks um, some girls in their yeah. early 30s He's just kicking, kicking
1: it, it. <laughs> Come we to should, Fargo. We are all waiting your arrival. We we'll should, have a party uh, for you. We start
0: a YouTube channel called <laughs> e. Kicking It with Randy K and, and <laughs> Nicole <with> Ray. Ray. <laughs> <laughs> and just like us kicking it. Like we're not teaching anything. We're not. We're just, just kicking it. First of course, those conversations would be a riot and a half. Well, we should do it. Oh, look out, worlds! Yeah, look your out, worlds! <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, how can people find you? Uh, what do you have coming up? Mm. How can you? What do you have for our
1: peeps? ArtOfDailyPractice.com will be where you can check out some of my online courses and guides to start your own creative journaling practice. Uh, At Artist Nicole Ray would be where you'd find me on Instagram to get your daily inspiration with my hand-lettered affirmations. I'm working on a creative hand-lettering online guide for a workshop that's been very popular here in Fargo to be able to have you practice with me wherever you're at. Uh, so stay tuned on that. I'm carving away. And then little by little, I'll be building some more online resources to be able to practice with people everywhere. But I've got workshops in the Fargo area, um, Mark Dead and and uh, the Make Room. So my website has it all. And Ms. Randy Kay, this Tuesday, along with April and May, we are doing, this will be our Second, third, and fourth workshops together is something we talked about for almost four years.
0: I know. We're doing a refresh and renew three-part series. We are kicking it. We're kicking it (laughs) and helping you work through the spring season. So if you're in the area, the first one starts on Tuesday, um, the 20th of March, um, but you can do them individually as well. Yes. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Also probably
1: important, if you are in the area, you can create with me one-on-one. You can host your own party or workshop, I should say, which will feel like a party to you. Um, So that means you can gather your tribe. You can come create at my home studio. I can come to you and come to your workplace. But that would be what's really important is just to know is that when you check out my site, you're going to see workshops. But contact me, say hello,
0: and schedule something with me, and I'll walk you through that. The process and if you don't live in the area this will give you a great reason to come to fargo north dakota or
1: contact us and we'll try to come to <gasps> you
0: yeah <laughs> yes I travel like, buddies we uh we're really good travel buddies and um we'll bring a lot of light to wherever you are so let us know and we're serious about that we are dead serious i mean we're not well, all dead because we wouldn't be able to go yeah. <laughs> i mean without fargo i mean yeah right yes. yes we do but it's to adventure. Yes. Thank you so much, Nicole. Yay. Oh man, I promise you if you brought Nicole and I out to you for a workshop, we would have a blast. (laughs) But if you do live in our neck of the woods and are hearing this in a timely manner, please join us for our refresh and renew series at my studio. The details are on the event page of my website at naturallyrandyk.com. That's naturally R A N D I k-a-y dot com. Tune in next week as the self-care good times continue. And if you liked this episode and do have a moment, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, or even just share this episode with a friend or on your social medias. Let's share the self-care love together. And if you'd like to get in on my weekly newsletter every Sunday that contains links to the latest podcast episode, additional self-care insights from me and the latest happenings, you can subscribe to the newsletter and check out today's show notes over at my website. And again, that's naturallyrandyk.com. You can also get daily insights from me on the old Instagrams at naturallyrandyk. And there's been some really great conversations happening on my posts lately. So be sure to head over there and check them out. Until next week, take good care and enjoy the journey.